Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It really is true, people. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet. I've got articles on writing and the craft of writing the life, the writing life. That's what I like to write about. I have a column I write three times a week for that magazine where I just talk about anything at all that has to do with creativity and writing and just being a person. So you can check all that. Oh, we also have, could I forget, have video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. We've got a new uh, issue coming out. Um, and I've got a oh, really nice interview with um, a YA writer, an up-and-coming YA writer named Jennifer Longo. She's written a beautiful book called What We Carry, What I Carry. <laughs> I can't remember names. But anyway, it's a great conversation. I'll be putting that up first to next week. Check it out at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. These fine people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and they're still doing it. And uh, they've got some great classes. If you live in the Northwest and you can make it out to Issaquah, they teach classes. And I'm doing one right now for the personal essay. I just love teaching that. But of course, they have a writing conference every year. And uh, people are starting to sign up for that already, even though it's in September of 2020. You're signing up already. That's right. And we have a great writing contest, which I think we'll be starting to receive some submissions for pretty soon. Anyway, it's a great organization, great conference, great classes. Become a member if you aren't already. Go check it out at pnwa.org. All right. Yes. Yes. Listen. Had a nice thing happen. It's just a small thing, but I, you know, I want to mention it. Just this morning, I was on Twitter, and some young woman tweeted that she had uh, started her blog. Finally, did it. She got the courage to start her blog. She posted the first post, and 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 she thanked me in it for some reason. She thanked me for uh, somehow she felt the work I do was uh, encouraging her. I don't remember. I don't know if we've met or not, but she felt the work I did. Uh, supported her. And I will tell you, you know, writers, we do love to hear from readers. And uh, when you do the kind of work I do, um, I never tire of hearing that I do it because I love it. I do it because it inspires me. I do it because I want to be uplifted and I want to understand the creativity uh, all the more deeply. But I also do it to inspire others. And I do love hearing when that has happened. There's something magical about creating something, writing something, doing a podcast, whatever it is, and having it go out and having that somehow help the person find the courage to do the thing they want to do. Just thought I'd share that. That's why we're doing it. And why, one of the reasons, uh, I love having authors on and talking to them about uh, why they write, like today's guest, Amy K. Green, debut novelist. Just got her first. Oh, it's a good one. It really, it's a good one, people. I, I, I highly recommend this book, if you, especially if you like suspense. And even if you don't, I think you might like it. Amy was born and raised in a small New England town where she was once struck by lightning. Struck by lightning. Weird. She was a practicing CPA before leaving the corporate life to work in film production, write, and wear fewer high heels. Her first novel, as I said, The Prized Girl. It's receiving rave reviews. And she's with us now. Amy! 
How you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I am well. Thank you. I'm glad to be talking to you. Um, let's just get this out of the way. You were struck by lightning. Is this true? Or are you just like, were you metaphorically <laughs> struck by lightning? No. Or were you physically <laughs> struck by lightning? Um, physically, not, you know, in the middle of a cornfield through the heart sort of struck. But the story as I've been told my whole life is that I was sitting on my mother's lap. She had her wedding ring on. The lightning bolt hit her ring, and a big burst of light went around my little three- or four-year-old body. And my parents absolutely freaked out, as any parent would. But I was fine, and I am fine. And I don't think I have any special powers, but maybe it'll just show up later. Don't you wish you did? Don't you wish you could turn invisible or fly or something now that that... I know. But, I'm like, couldn't you, like, held me closer to the bolt or something, Mom? Like, come on. So a lightning bolt... I mean, how... Are your parents still married? Are they still alive? I yes. should say. Are they still married? Yes. Both. Both, yes. So the lightning bolt struck her wedding ring. Doesn't that just... Be, can you imagine if you wrote that? That would be... You could never write that. It's too on the nose, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Wow. And you, but you have no memory of this. You know, you start to think that you can remember some of it, but you yeah. don't know if it's just like I, I can feel like I can remember like knowing something weird had happened in the way that they were reacting. But I think it's just them saying for so many years, like, we just put you to bed and called the doctor. We didn't know what else to do. So I think it's right. sort of like, you know, false memory sort of thing. Yeah. No, I know. I've had some stories from my childhood, and I can't figure out now if they're my memories or just the way my mom described it. So oh, too bad. You want to be there for the lightning strike. But, okay, you lived I through know. that. So and, that clearly you had a full life ahead of you. If that didn't take you out. Um, and so, you know, I, I have a book called Fearless Writing, and there's a chapter in it where I describe – um, uh, an ex- uh, talking to my co- my freshman college roommate, and the story goes that he came back and he was like, "Oh God, can't believe the homework! I got to do my accounting homework." And I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I understand." And I said, "Wait, what? By the way, what is your major?" He said, "Accounting." And so I, I always thought this was a strange uh, sort of ex- practice, but it, it struck me that you can not love accounting, but actually go have a career in accounting, unlike writing. And so you started out doing being a CPA, which and I, I also like that story because CPA seemed farthest from writing as a career practically <laughs> that there can be. I don't know if that's really true or fair, but there it is. So what, so you, you, did you go to school for being a CPA? What you must've, what, how did that happen? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know how that happened. Um, I I don't know what, you know, the idea that you have to make all these life decisions when you're 18 years old, when are we going to work on that? But I I went off to college and in my mind, I, you know, I was from a small town and I just had these visions of being like this big city girl. I don't know. It it didn't work out. (laughs) But in my mind, I was like, I was going to go to business school and I was going to be like, no part of me thought you're going to hate that. Like it was all just this, you know, whatever. So I got into business school and I just, you know, tried a bunch of things and accounting. I don't know why, but just was the easiest to me. Right. Sure. The way my, my brain worked at the time, you know, more than, you know, the general finance or the marketing or any of the other options. And then, 
it was I had the best time ever in college, still not thinking about the choices I was making. And, you know, right. I knew I would have a job after school and I'd be able yep. to, you know, get my parents off the hook. And that's all I really thought about. And right. I graduated and I got a big, fancy corporate job and very quickly was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I've made a horrible mistake. All right. <laughs> but, so you know. if you were writing a character named Amy, who was a CPA and this character, and you needed to show the audience quickly, the reader quickly, that Amy has made a mistake. What is the scene you would show? What would be the scene where, where you, to make it clear to us based on your life, where we would know, oh, oh this, she should not be doing this. What would, the, what would we see her doing? On the train, just sitting in her office, trying to talk to other CPAs? What would it be? Um, what just popped into my head is, you know, even way before even leaving the house, just to see who, like, I was in my apartment with my friends at the time when I had roommates. And we looked like a bunch of, like, schlubby kids. And right. then I would have to go into my closet and pull out some suit that probably fit me right. horribly because I, I didn't know how to dress myself. I still don't, but that's a different story. You know, right. then trying to iron it and then carrying the high heels while I'm wearing like gym sneaker. You know, I feel like the whole visual, it would be very obvious. That's, see, that's <laughs> I good. I like it. And it's, and it's feel, and you just feel forced. She's more comfortable in her sweatpants and her, her t-shirt maybe than, then forcing yep. yourself into the thing. I like it. Yeah. And so is that how you felt as you were putting that on? Like, this isn't me. This isn't me. It just kind of, at the time, I was like, well, maybe it's just I'm inexperienced, you know? And after right. a couple of years, I'm going to settle into this person. This I'm going to be more adult. And, you know, we're right. all going to start being acting more grown up. And it's just a transition. And then I was like, no, like, I hate every second of <laughs> you know, like I was, I was getting sent around and like to like utility companies and sitting in basements and it, I was an auditor. So everybody hates you. And it was just like, right. what am I doing? <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Did, uh, so, so, all right, you can say this is no good, but writing and you said film production uh, and then writing that's, you know, that's a whole different thing. Usually writers, have always had some relationship to writing. It usually doesn't just pop out of nowhere. Did you have a relationship to writing, a meaningful relationship to it prior to starting this book? Uh, not really. It was just wow. not something, I know, but just growing up, it wasn't something in my world. I didn't know any writers. It wasn't something I even thought about could be, right. you know, something you could be really serious about. And I, and I was creative and I liked writing when I had to write things for school and things like that. And then I found myself, I remember the first thing other than stuff I had to write for school. The first thing I wrote was a spec script for the office that was for no one else other than I was at work and I didn't have anything to do. And I was so bored, but I had to look like I was working. You couldn't look like you were like watching YouTube. <laughs> so, so, and I was so obsessed with The Office at that point that I just was like, oh, I'm going to write my own episode. Like, I didn't even know the term spec script. I was like, I'm just going right. to write The Office. And then I ended up moving to L.A. And film production sounds glamorous. Uh, I want to be clear that I transitioned to be an accountant for film. So 
which oh, you can wear okay. sweatpants, but it's still like, sure. But you know, in LA, in LA, everyone has big dreams and is trying to do things yeah. on the side. And I, I definitely got into that, you know, writing things there, making things, you know, and then I was like, scripts are okay, but I just want to write something that I can get into someone's head. And then at the end of the day, somebody might want to read it. It's very hard to get people to read your script. <laughs> yeah. It's a different thing. It's different. Yeah. Did you yeah. read a lot? Were you a reader? Uh, you're going to hate me, but I was no, also it's no, not much of a reader. There's no wrong <laughs> answer. So this is fascinating. So you weren't much of a writer and you weren't even much of a reader. Weird. You are like I mean, a I unicorn, now, Amy. Sure. I feel I know. bad. I wish Don't. I was, but it's just like, Don't. <laughs> it, it, it's so much about what's around you when you're young. I feel like yeah. it's just, it wasn't yeah. there and it wasn't something that crossed my mind. I mean, I obviously have read had read books and there were books I loved and there were books I hated, but I just, I wasn't in that world. Yeah. Well, there's no, you know, there's no one way into this thing. You know, a lot of writers, there's a, you know, there's a very familiar path. A lot of writers follow, but it's not universal. There's all different ways. But so you, so you decided, all right, the script is fine, but I'd like to try writing something. But did, how many was the prize girl, your first book length project or did you try a few that didn't go what how what was the what was the process there well uh this feels like a safe space so i'm just going to be honest i wrote half a book about a guy who stumbled upon becoming a genie okay (laughs) oh okay just 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 full disclosure uh you know nobody read it i didn't go anywhere near finishing it had a hell of an outline though let me tell you that spreadsheet was amazing but that was really the only other time right all right so you started that many years passed in between oh really so you start that you get halfway in and you go this this is this is i'm not this isn't working and so then you put it all down for a little while Mm -hmm. okay and uh you think okay i'm not and and you weren't even thinking about it you weren't you were just doing your thing being in la having fun did you get married in that time? I think did I read on your bio you're married? Maybe I'm not. No, I don't know. I'm not married. Okay, that's okay. No. That's okay. Gosh, I'm failing miserably. No, you're not. You're not. You've written a good. I, I want to get to when you uh, to writing starting the Prize Girl. So then eventually, do you start? Was the next book you started the Prize Girl? Yes. Okay. All right. So we're there. The only we're reason there. I mentioned the marriage is sometimes people get to st- things come up and like just all the you know. Other things just distract them, and marriage is one thing that can, can distract a person. Not always, but sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so the next book you start after the genie story is the Prized Girl. We don't need to keep referencing that. <laughs> okay. No, I am going to keep referencing it for the next fifteen minutes. No. Okay. So the other that other story that shall not be named. Uh, you, you put it down and you start the Prized Girl. Is that the next book you start? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you see? You little prodigy. Okay. So now here's my question about the prize girl. Because yep. while we were off air, I was telling you that I really liked it, and I did. And and the thing I liked about it is, you know, suspense fiction has its has its tropes, and they're necessary, just like fantasy fiction has its tropes and science and so on. And, but sometimes I find that suspense doesn't really get into the characters that deeply. I mean, it's okay, but it's not the purpose of the book. But I felt that 
I wondered if you started this book not knowing it was going to be a suspense novel because the way you handled particularly the two sort of tra- po- uh, protagonists, they're sort of, it's, a, it's told from two sort of points of view alternating, uh, was on a different, had a different depth to it that it made it feel like maybe you, had, you weren't sure what it was going to be in terms of its genre. What, what am I in the vicinity or was it always going to be a suspense novel? No, I mean, I knew what I had in my head first was the character of Virginia, who's one of the right. um, narrators. And I knew that I wanted a murder to be sort of the inciting incident for her, okay. maybe change, right. changing her life. So it was, it's a little bit of both for like, I knew I wanted to be so in Virginia's head and do so much with Virginia. And then, it kind of went from there. So I knew there it was going to be an element of, you know, solving the murder, but it started from wanting to write Virginia's character. Well, I got to tell you, Virginia's a great character. She has, she's funny and she says surprising things and her voice is really consistent and unique. So, um, and I thought Jenny was very strong too. This is the other. So for those of you who haven't read it, there are two main characters. It's told one from the third person, one in the first person, Virginia is told in the first person. And um, there's just another layer to the depth of the characters that I felt I don't always see in suspense. And it was really pleasing uh, because I felt like I didn't need, the story wasn't driven just by, oh my God, who killed who here. It was more, I wanted to be around these people a little bit. So good for you. I got to say, it was really, it was really a, 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 a treat. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right. So what was the hard, what was, okay. So you wrote half of one book, but you had to finish this one. So was it hard to finish or did you struggle? How did it go? It was not hard to finish the first draft. Um, Uh, I went through a ton of revisions, but I'll tell you why, because I went crazy about making an outline because I've kind of found a way to use my accounting brain to make it uh, more like relatable to me. How about that tie in? Um, sure. So, and I'll tell you the alternating chapters really help because in the process, it it forces you to know that you need to hit certain points in each character's story at a certain time, or else you know you can't have you can't find something out about Virginia in Jenny's story a hundred pages earlier, and then that, right. not have her address it. You know, I mean, the, yeah, that'd be yeah, awful. yeah. So it's like. I almost forced myself into a situation where it was easier to keep going. Right. Right. Well, so this was outlined. Yes. This was out. Cause you, I will tell you, no, listen, here's the thing about 25% of people outline to the degree that I think you did. I think another 25% don't do any outlining whatsoever. And then that middle group sort of does a kind of like a, a soft outline. That's how it usually breaks down. I find Give her, you know, well, I'll tell you, I've, I've loosened up, loosened up quite a bit on the outlining. I think it was something uh, I needed with my first book ah, to, you know, all right. All right. get there. So, but, so. so you've, all right. So this tells me you've begun another book or maybe even finished another book. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we won't talk about that one yet. I still want to talk to you about the prize girl. So you're writing it, but this is critical. You must have enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed writing it, even though it was difficult and you had to rewrite it. It must have, it must have felt like, ah, I think I found something I actually like doing. Is that, did you ever have a moment like that with it? Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah, it it was clear that I 
needed, like, even though I was in LA and was letting go of that corporate life, I was still accounting adjacent. So I, right. it became clear that I needed something else. Even if it nobody ever saw it, it was something where, like, I could fantasize that I had found something else. Right. It, it just, I loved it. And it was such an escape. And I felt productive. And it was awesome. And it's worked out so far. <laughs> wow. So, well, that, so you just, you just liked it. And, uh, and how did you find the publishing process? What was that like for you? Well, I knew absolutely nothing going in. If uh, you can be surprised. Yeah. Um, but I also just went in just feeling super grateful. And I mean, maybe this is not the way to approach it, but I was just happy for whatever was going to happen. And, you know, oh, it's just so good. That's such a good you know, attitude. Like, you know, like I had no expectations other than I knew something great was happening and I was going to listen to the people who know better than me. And, you know, I learned so much. I, there was no, I knew that there would be, you know, revisions. I actually did most of my revisions with my agent before I even got to that stage but right. I didn't I wasn't I didn't know much but I knew not to assume that there weren't going to be huge changes. Right. So right. Very um, grown up. It's been great. Very very long process. I'll say yeah. that. I mean like when I got my agent I was ready to like I don't know throw a big old party and then it sure. was like years to this point. <laughs> how did you get how did you get the agent? Did you do a conference or just on the slush pile? How'd you get the agent? Um I was very fortunate in that I, I had been querying. I was getting a little bit of interest, but, you know, nothing that was giving me confidence. Right. And I have, I have a friend. Um, she's now my manager. But at the time, we were just hanging out. We were at a party, and I mentioned that I had written a book. because I didn't really tell anyone in my real life other than, like, a few mm -hmm. people that I had read it. Right. And she was she was at the point where she was – trying to get into sort of a development career and just was looking for some sort of material that nobody else had that she could okay. kind of, yeah. you know, that sort of situation. Sure. Very LA. sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and she just started passing it around to anybody's assistant that would take it. And it found its way to a TV film rights agent at UTA and she loved it, but said, I can't do anything with it until it's a book. And she passed it over to a literary agent. And that's how I got my agent. And I know wow. that I feel very fortunate to have well, known no, somebody you know, that knew somebody that knew somebody. Well, but you have to just be, it's, that's just, it's often how it works. And a lot of times writers are so shy and it doesn't sound like you are, but they're so shy. They don't let themselves just mix it up and, and have the chance to meet those people who can know somebody who can know somebody who can know somebody. So you know, I think it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that because I just think it's how a lot of these things ha actually happen. It is nothing that beats personal contact. So, um, and by the way, if people didn't like the book, then none of this would have happened. So that wasn't lucky. You had to write something people were interested in and that had nothing to do with luck as far as I'm concerned. So, um, well, good. So then you get it published and now it's been out for, Two weeks, I guess, give or take. No, two weeks exactly, as of today. Uh, how are you do? How are you faring? Did do you? Is, is, is your, all your hair falling out? Are you are you doing a dance? Like, how are you doing? 
I spend as much time as I can not thinking about it. <laughs> okay, good. It stresses me out. Um, yep. I mean, I definitely like creep on into some bookstores and like, you oh, know, yeah, one yeah. step shy of like glasses, nose, and mustache, like right. lurking around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been the best part. I think it's just the people that have reached out to me from my past that I would never expect them to care or, you know, and they've bought it and they've read it and they've reached, and it's just, I don't know, it's warmed my heart, warmed my cold, dark heart. And <laughs> I have a little faith in humanity again. Oh, good. So that's been the best part. <laughs> good. Was, is there just a little, a little bit of Amy in Virginia? Is there just a, a just a, a whiff of her in there? Yeah, just the good parts. The good parts. <laughs> <No>. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay if there's probably. not. Probably. Yeah, it no, no, no. Matter. I think the the maybe the way she observes people, and uh, yeah. I think that I do that a lot. But that yeah. might be a bad thing. Maybe I shouldn't admit that. But well, you know. <laughs> no, that's okay. Writers writers do observe people. It's part of what we do. It's like prof- it's yeah. a professional practice. You got to do it. You know. Yeah. And so, all right. So you you've started the next book, and you are not outlining it so rigidly. You're a little looser with it. Yeah. Yeah, I call it like like a baby outline. Like the okay, first outline yeah. was like a full grown adult. This is more like a baby outline. Right. And that's all you feel that that'll be sufficient that you can sort of feel your way between plot points well enough. I think so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's it's looser of the looser structure, so I'm optimistic. And, and this is another standalone. Yes. Yeah. And so, and and again, are you? I assume you're doing another suspensey kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. That's what I like to write. It's what I mostly read, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's out, good. But. That's good. No, you want to? Hey, you know what? Oh no, Lee Child. You're not. You're right. You're not Lee Child. You're Amy K. Green. That's who you are. <laughs> and that's that's just as good as Lee Child. I've met Lee Child. He's a good guy. He's a funny guy. But you know, he does what he does, and uh, you do what you do. So, uh, and I'm glad you're both doing it. So, no, no, you just keep doing it. It's good stuff. Uh, and so, and so, are you on this book a year train? Or are you? Are they going to be a little gentler with you? Uh, I have no idea. This goes back to my I just sit and wait and <laughs> do whatever people tell me to do. But I'm going to get better oh, at that. I'm going to be more goodness. more proactive. But I'm working on it. Okay. I at some point <laughs> soon, I'm going to interview you, and you're going to. You're going to have your own office. You're going to be bossing people around, and you're going to be people are going to be doing what you tell them to. We're not there yet, but that day may come. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> You'll be my first call. Okay, good, good. Well, listen, Amy. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 you, you, you obviously have found something that uh, you should be doing, and uh, the world is always a better place every time somebody does what they should be doing. I'm just all in favor of it. So congratulations, um, you know, on, on the hard work and just trusting the process. It's really beautiful to hear about. Um, but I'm not done with you yet. I'm not quite done with you. Um, all right. First of all, bad girl. You, one thing I'm going to scold you about is not having a website. Please get a website so that all of our listeners can go find out about you. And if they can, if, if, if somebody wants to contact you and praise you and ask you for, your autograph how can they do it what where can they find you on twitter do you have any kind of way they can reach you 
Yes, of course. Um, just not the website, but I'm on right. Twitter uh, okay. at ABK Green. And right. I'm on Instagram way more than Twitter. I'm trying to be better about that, but I'm All just right. being honest. And Instagram is Amy K. Green 1. All right. So there it is, people. If you, if you must reach her, it's not easy. She's, she's a, mysteri- a woman of mystery, but you can reach her, <laughs> Amy K. Green. And so, but please get a website. It's not so hard. Uh, if I had someone to recommend, I would, but I don't. So, but it's so simple. Just anything. Just saying here. I, all right. I'm not going to lecture you about that. Let your agent do that. But no, I got one okay. more question for you, Amy. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to finish this sentence for me. If writing, okay. you ready? If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Mm, be flexible and patient, I'll say. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. I, I think it's, I've raised two sons and I have to say, and I've been married for a few years, uh, 30 or so, I think, but you can never <laughs> be patient you. enough. It is impossible to be patient, too patient and also too flexible, <laughs> I think. Good for you. Well, that's those sure. are the kind of, that's not the advice you'd get for your typical CPA. So obviously writing is, has uh, <laughs> broadened your horizon. Nothing against CPAs. I love you all. We need you. But anyway, this is a show about writers. Amy, congratulations. Uh, and uh, may, when the next one comes out, hopefully we'll be chatting again. Thank you so much, of course. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, wasn't she lovely? Yes, she is. It's a good book, people. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Uh, I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. You're awesome, RJ. I'll be back again next week. Oh, by the way, I know last week I know our show went sideways we were supposed to be talking to John Michael Cummings, but huge technical snafu. Couldn't do the show. Uh, but don't worry. I'm going to have him back on. He's a wonderful guy. We're going to have a great conversation. I'll be back in next week. And between now and then, go find something you love and do it. <laughs> <laughs>